Hello and welcome to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, where I, Michelle Carville, interview business leaders around the practicalities of how, in this hyper-connected digital age, they are embracing digital technologies to tune in and connect and communicate. You can find all episodes of the podcast together with show notes via our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. In this episode of the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, I'm delighted to introduce Janice Kaffer. Janice has been serving as the Chief Executive Officer and President of Hotel de Grace Healthcare in Windsor, Ontario since 2014. In this role, Janice provides executive leadership to an organization with a 130-year history of service to the Windsor, Ontario community. Along with more than 1,100 staff employed at Hotel de Grace Healthcare, Janice and her team are engaged in realizing a vision for a healthier community that is inclusive of everyone with a particular focus on those who are vulnerable or marginalized. Janice is an alumni of three post-secondary institutions, Centennial College, Trent University and Queen's University, and has been a proud registered nurse for more than 33 years throughout Ontario and Nova Scotia. Janice draws her strength and inspiration from her friends, her colleagues, and particularly from her family. She has three grandchildren, Alison, Nathan, and Courtney, who have told her that it's okay to colour outside the lines. So, hey, Janice, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, so you're a CEO, you're a leader, you're active on social media. Can you tell me a little bit about how you started using social media and why? Yes. Um, uh, thank you very much for the question. Um, it's interesting because I think uh, in many ways, my journey to using social media has been a little bit like my journey to being a CEO. Um, I started off not really knowing exactly what it was I was going to do. I, I wasn't entirely sure um, whether or not social media was a vehicle for me or not. I had tried uh, once before, uh, several years ago, to um, start engaging on, on a couple of social media platforms more publicly. And um, a couple of false starts and I kind of walked away from it and decided it really wasn't going to be for me. I I didn't know what to say and I didn't know whether anybody would even uh, have any interest in what I had to say. Mm -hmm. And so I I think for me, it it kind of um, came along around the same time as I got this job at uh, Hotel Du Grace Healthcare in in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I uh, took on the CEO job and started to find my feet so to speak, and realized that trying to do the job the way the fellow who had been in the job before me was going to be a really big mistake. I needed to find a way to make the job and to um, have my role be me and, and, mm-hmm. and a lot about me. And so for me, you know, it, it needed to include a whole lot of things like um, connection to my family, connection to my community, some of the things that, I'm, that I care about, that I'm passionate about, as well as the usual stuff that you put out for work. Yeah. So that's interesting that you tried before and you dabbled. Uh, and, and this this is I hear this quite a bit. You know, people try it. They get they're unsure about what to say. Uh, and therefore, you know, there's a there's a bit of fear around. Well, what if nobody's interested in what I've got to say? You know, and, 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 and getting started about that. So how do you how do you blend it with you with your work then? So your your message, you knew you had to do something differently. But now you had a you, you wanted a new way to connect with the community and indeed this new role. So how what what did you go around? How did you start that? Which channels did you start? Did you turn to, for example? 
Um, just like I did with my job, I actually listened a lot first. So uh, at the beginning, what I did was um, I started my my Twitter account, um, restarted my Twitter account. So I have two. I have one that's kind of from my, my default position when I retire. And it's really just about me as a grandmother and the things that grandmothers pay attention yeah. to. So, you know, that's that's kind of the one that I don't use very often. And it's one that I'm building slowly just in terms of different different sites and different people that have things to say that matter to me around children and children's health and um, children's rights and things that are happening for children around the world. And, and then um, my work one, um, I, started, I started an account and then I, I started following uh, local media channels and uh, get a sense of what people were talking about. Um, went to some of the, the uh, well-recognized and well-researched um, and pretty balanced health, health information sites and uh, paid attention to what they were talking about. Had a conversation with my communications team at the hospital yeah. and talked a little bit about you know what, what I was thinking about doing, making sure that my comms team was okay with where I was going and, and some of the things I wanted to talk about. And then just dove in. Um, actually, my first tweet was about a fire, <laughs> of all ah. things. It had nothing to do with health at all, um, but it was really just about something that was happening in the community. I remember uh, sending it out into the universe and thinking, well, you know that was kind of painless, and nobody's going to care. But um, it, it was that first uh, that first foray over the first few weeks where I started to really get a sense of what I wanted to talk about on social media, and mostly on Twitter at the beginning. Um, it has evolved a little bit and continues to evolve, but mostly Twitter at the beginning. And do you feel that from when you started with Twitter, let's say, and and your message, and and has it has it taken on a life of its own? Is it is it now? Just, you know, it's interesting that you call that your work uh, persona, but there's a lot of, there's quite a, a nice blend of, of the conversation that goes on between, on your Twitter channel, for example, you get a real sense for the person that you are as well. So how do you balance that? Um that's a really interesting question because at the very beginning, when I talked about um, what I wanted to do with my communications team, one of the things we talked about was how to have a presence on social media. And um, a lot of CEOs really feel very strongly, and I've, I've, I follow quite a few different individuals, and, and I've unfollowed some because they're actually quite boring, I have to be honest, <laughs> um, because all they talk about is work. And I think, yeah. I, think, I think if you really want to engage your community, they want to know that you're more than the office. Office. And mm-hmm. um, in Windsor, Essex, we have about 400,000 people. You know, we have a fairly small, tightly knit community. And if I was out there just talking about, you know, the things that happen in the hospital, I doubt very much that anybody would really engage with me that much. So for me, it's a, it, it's a bit about uh, who I am as, as a woman, as a wife, as a grandmother, as a mom. And so I talk about all kinds of things, depending on what's happening in the world. I have, I've dabbled a little bit into some of the, polo- uh, the political issues um, here in North America, just kind of uh, skirting around the outsets of some of the stuff that is more contentious. But um, it, it's evolved, though, uh, honestly, Michelle, over, over time. And you get, I think, just like with the job, you get more comfortable um, putting yourself out there and saying some things that maybe in the beginning you wouldn't have said. 
Yeah. And do you do you still align with your comms team? Is it still do you is there a process? You know, is it that you I know when I was interviewing some leaders and some CEOs when I was writing that a few of them had, you know, every week I sit down with my PA every month. I meet with the comms team. You know, some of them had a process. How does that play out for you? The practicalities of of actually being social? Well, I think the comms team would like me to have a much more rigorous process than I do. I fly, <laughs> I fly, I fly by the seat of my pants a little bit from time to time. Um, uh, we actually have a detailed uh, communications plan for the organization. So, uh, you know, we, we go through and we have various items that are coming out that are good news stories, um, celebrations, uh, pieces of information about what's happening at the hospital, you know, quality metrics, stuff that happened that you want to be talking to the public about. And the communications team has that map out, including um, some of the things like professional week. So nurses week here in Canada is coming up in May. So we're starting to talk about what that's going to look like. And so when there's something going in the hospital, sometimes we will connect and say, okay, so is it me that's going to take the lead on the social media or will it be the hospital and will I follow and retweet and kind of magnify the voice of the hospital? And sometimes they magnify my voice. It really, it kind of is very iterative and fluid and it depends on the issue and the, um, and, and frankly, it depends depends really uh, on how much um, passion I have for that particular topic and um, how much I think uh, what's happening in the community will give me a voice for that particular issue. So it really is, um, it very much depends on the day-to-day and the issues and uh, it it depends entirely uh, on, on what it is that's happening inside the hospital and in our community. Brilliant. And, and I suppose you touched there on the, the organization because the organization is active on social media. Is that something you have driven more so because you're, you're so visible and you're so social? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I know that uh, we use a lot uh, of social media um, for, uh, we use, use social media quite a lot, actually, for all of our communications. So we even use it for recruiting uh, directors for our board of for our board. Wow. Um, uh, we don't, we don't uh, use uh, traditional advertising as much. We still do because we like to support our local uh, journalists and, mm-hmm. and uh, local media outlets as well. But, but we do use social media a lot and the media locally in Windsor-Essex has really moved to uh, connecting uh, through social. So the media will connect uh, with me through my Twitter account to talk to me about things too. And so that's a nice direct avenue for uh, journalists to be able to get in touch with me to, to kind of test, test the waters on items that are happening in the community. Do I have a point of view? Do I have a perspective? Is there something I want to talk about? Um, And that's been very helpful for both of us because um, I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in North America, um, there are fewer and fewer journalists um, um, trying to get stories, local community stories out. So having that direct contact is helpful. But I think the hospital evolved. We have a great communications manager, Nicole is her name, Nicole Crozier, and she does an amazing job at really taking a look at what's happening in the community and what's happening in the hospital and trying to find that fit um, in communicating. And so our social media platform at the hospital, uh, Twitter um, and Facebook primarily, but uh, I know they're experimenting with Instagram, um, has really has really grown. We, we have a small team though, Michelle, so it's not a, yeah. it's, we're not like a giant hospital. We're a fairly no. small hospital. Yeah. And so, but, but that's, and that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, I, I get, 
I hear all the time about uh, people making connections with the journalists. The journalists now want to connect in the briefest way, uh, you know, and, and and they like to be briefed with a tweet. They like to, they go onto social media. I mean, I don't know any journalists that aren't on digital or social. So from a kind of traditional media perspective, things have changed, haven't they? And having, I know when I was writing and I, I wanted to get invo- involved and interview people, the simplest way to get involved with somebody directly was to tweet them. And oh, yeah. you know, they can either say yes or no. And it's it's just such a direct channel. If somebody's on Twitter, particularly Twitter, I think it's it's a definite invitation for for conversation. So, um, so that's great that that's connecting that way. And the team, what do you feel that, you know, communicating via social media for you as CEO, what are, you know, what do other CEOs, what do other peers, what do other people that you're liaising with? Are they, do you connect with a lot of them? What, what do you think it's bringing to you personally as a leader? And indeed, how is that impacting your organization, if at all? Um, for me as a leader, it, it, it is actually uh, part of my networking. So, um, yeah. you know, I think when I first, uh, when I first took on the job of CEO, uh, I, I really, I really didn't understand fully the job. And I, there was a great, eight, um, Harvard Business Review article that was, uh, I, I just tweeted it. This I saw that on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it really speaks to some of the first early learnings, but one of the things nobody talks to you about is the loneliness when you first yeah. get the CEO job, right? You, there's not a lot of people that you can talk to the, the, the job is by by its very definition um, isolating because you're the person in the organization that has uh, ultimate responsibility for the decisions made and, and you can't go about uh, complaining and whining about that no matter how difficult the job is right so um, you know so for me uh, the the network building a network face to face through email through conferences and through social media was an important part of my my first couple of years in the role. But I think, Michelle, honestly, what it's given me more than anything is a direct pipeline um, into the community and a direct vehicle for the community to connect connect up with me. I I can't tell you how many times I've had um, uh, a DM from somebody in the community saying, I really liked what you said. I'd like to sit and talk to you. And, and lately, one of the most important groups that's been reaching into me are young women. Wow. Young women who are looking for opportunities to network and connect with established leaders in formal leadership roles yeah. to, to find their way. And yeah. I it's, get that. it's incredibly, I, I just find it incredibly exciting to have those conversations with these young women. So um, I'm, I'm talking with probably about three or four of them right at the moment. That's about as many as I can, I can bring into my circle right now. Um, and all of them connected to me through some social platform or another. Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. That's, and that's really, I mean, I can, I totally understand uh, why, why that would be the case, you know, and, and isn't that, I mean, before social technologies really how else would you do that I mean you'd write to a very busy CEO and it would probably be set there for a long time um whereas that directness of of the social you mentioned something else I just wanted to pick up on Janice as well that when you first went on to social media one of the things that you did same as as you did when you you got into your role was listening um it's something that I you know anybody who speaks to me about social media I am you know they say I don't know what to talk about I don't know what to do and I'm like just go on there and listen just look yep. and learn and just see what's going on. And then it becomes intuitive, but don't stop listening. It sounds to me that that listening piece has been a really important part of what you do and continues to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, 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 
I, I sometimes find myself um, consumed a little bit with with the listening because it can get very overwhelming depending on yeah. uh, how many points of view you're listening to, right? Especially when there's a lot going on in the world that is related to healthcare or some of the social justice issues that I pay attention to. And when you're thinking about trying to get a perspective, it's important that you listen to different points of view. So, you know, there are some folks out there that listen to what they, they, they look for and listen to what they want to hear. Yeah. That does not help you find a way to lead your people or even lead yourself through change in difficult times. You have to listen to all the points of view and all the perspectives. And I think that that is where you have to take the time and you have to do a little deeper. You can't just scroll through your feed and think you've got the morning news. You have to go deeper into some of the items. And so for me, I'll find things that I want to look at and then I'll go into the um, into the media stories. I'll go further into different um, uh, people's feeds to see where they're getting their information. And that's helped me to build a, a bit of a um, uh, a library of sorts of organizations and people that I think are relevant and are in tune with what's happening in the world. And sometimes I'll select somebody to follow and uh, they look good for a while. And then you see that they're actually, mm. their perspective is skewed one way or the other. And so it's okay to be skewed, but you have to make sure that you're not, um, you're not just listening to that single point of view because um, as, a, as an organizational CEO or as leader, just frankly, as a human being, it's important that we have all the points of view in order to come to a place where we understand what's happening. That That is such a valid point. As you say, not just across social media, but but generally in life, isn't it? Um, and, and people do get a bit, I mean, that's where the social channels get a bit of a bad rap in as much yeah. as the, the little bubbles, you know, the social media bubbles that, that, that can be created if you're only staying within the, the, the little network, the confines of your network. But of course, the listening and the learning can come from expanding that view, as, as, as you so rightly said. And so, Janice, you know, you are, um, you're active every day, you're daily. I, I see you, you know, active on, particularly on Twitter. That's where I follow you and, and to see what you're, you know, I'm not stalking you, but I do, you know, I just, <laughs> I just, I like to see what people are up to, particularly if they're coming on the podcast. Um, so what, what would you say? I mean, digital technology, you know, I, 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 I was recently at, at an event and it was all about modern leadership and how highly connected we are and, and how digital is having such an, uh, an impact on, on leaders and leadership and, uh, you know, this feeling of having to keep up and, and things are changing so quickly. And so what would you say to other leaders, you know, because the whole spirit of this podcast is around educating and, and just sharing what you're doing in much the same way as people want to hear what, you know, uh, how to make it as a, a CEO, as these young women are speaking to you in that mentoring. There's a lot of CEOs, there's a lot of leaders out there in the same spirit that are nervous, um, afraid, you know, of, or fit, not, not afraid, but there's a fear element of, of getting involved with social media in case in case they say something wrong or, you know, all those reasons why people dip in at the beginning and sometimes come out of it. What would you say has been your biggest learning so far around digital and and social activity? You know, is there anything that you wish you'd known kind of at the outset that would have made things simpler? Uh, I think I think um, if I'd known at the outset how much time it was going to take to do it and to do it well, uh, I would have really thought long and hard, I still would have done it, but I probably would have thought a little bit differently about planning a little bit more for 
um, the impact of being uh, social in my life. So um, the CEO job doesn't, it isn't a nine to five job. No, no CEO would ever tell anyone that, you know, they go to work at nine o'clock, they come home at five o'clock and they, they get to shut everything off. You know, life doesn't work that way when you're in that, uh, in that office, in that chair. So for me, it's an extension of my job. It's an extension of my public uh, servant responsibilities. I'm accountable to the community. And so in my, in my own way, this is my, my commitment to the, the community and to my organization inside family and my outside family to communicate what's happening and uh, where we're going as a hospital and how that can benefit the community. But I think, I think for people who are not sure about going into it, I think there's two things that, that for me were really important that I learned very early. One is you absolutely have to be authentic because people mm. can suss it out if you're not. You know, if you're, if you're trying to do a lot of corporate speak and you don't really believe what you're saying, yeah. um, folks, folks get that. And not only do they not listen to you, but it does flow over into your other communication channels, right? Like if you yep. get it, if you get it right, it, it, it amplifies and magnifies everything else you and your organization do because it is another way of validating for the community that you are legit, that you are who you say you are and you are doing what you're you say you're doing. And the other thing is, quite frankly, is to have fun with it. Have a sense of humor. You know, like don't, like we all, I think sometimes take ourselves so seriously and Mm. we think, you know, if we make a mistake, the world's going to stop. It isn't. You know, I've made lots of mistakes. I've, uh, I've sometimes, you know, the, the thing with Twitter and not having a correction, like you can't yes. win and fix, <laughs> like the edit button is essential for Twitter at some point in time. But um, it does give some authenticity to what you do, right? You, everybody, everybody makes it, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does typos. Everybody yeah. tweets something they wish they hadn't. So by making mistakes, you're joining a community of fallible people and that's okay. You know, we're all fallible. Um, and, and so for me, those two things are important. I try to have a sense of humor. Yeah. I try to, I try to bring, I, I do a lot of emojis and, and gifts and, you know, all the little fun things because I think some of the people in my community like that. I'm sure I've irritated some as well, but that's okay. <laughs> I probably irritate them in real life too. So it's okay. You know, um, I, I think really it is just, it's another vehicle of having a conversation with your community and bring your real self to that conversation. You'll be fine. Absolutely. And, and you're so right. That authentic aspect is, it, and it is, it's just be you, isn't it? I know that's a difficult thing. Some people are like, well, what does that mean? You know, but it is, it, it was interesting. A couple of other people on the podcast have said exactly the same. It's about you're a human being, you know, just because you have a title, particularly as the CEO and you have that responsibility, you're still a human being. And there's that, there's that, there's the vulnerability, there's a fallibility, you know, it's, it's a human thing, isn't it? To, to make mistakes and say, okay, so uh, what next? You know, and, and, and in some cases, just have a sense of humor about it, you know? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, honestly, Michelle, if it, it, uh, the, the thing that somebody told me a long time ago when I was um, making my way through senior management roles is to always be really, really careful about listening to your own press because, mm. you know, if you buy into the fact that you are all that in a bag of chips, it's one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> If you buy into that, then nobody, nobody is going to ever take you seriously except the people that believe that about themselves. Yes. And, and if you're in a room with nothing but a bunch of big egos, um, really, like we've been there, I've been there, and mm. and there's nothing more um, 
wet blankety than being in that kind of a space. When people are in a, are able to engage with you and they see you as real and and legit and you know somebody who makes mistakes and has to you know apologize and gets on the floor and plays Legos with my grandkids or your grandkids or whatever, um, then they can when you talk to them about really tough stuff like social justice, like, you know, feminist agendas, like gender parity. When you talk to them about mm. palliative care in my hospital, when I talk about the fact that we've been on a five-year journey to do something better at Hotel Du, when we talk about mental health and addictions, somehow it's, I think somehow it's easier because they know me. Yeah. They know things about me and they know I'm not just a talking head, that I really am a real person. And uh, I might be a real person on Twitter, but they can give me a call and come and have coffee. And exactly. that's okay too. Uh, it, it's building trust, isn't it? Trust that, you know, what you're talking about, that you are this genuine, you know, what you're talking about and saying, it, it's not all, um, you know, sound bites and PR talk. It, it's you. And and it's building that, that trust that you're going to get the same conversation if you do come and have a cup of coffee with me in my office, as as you're going to get on Twitter, you know, and there's Absolutely. that, there's that, it is a big trust piece, I think, going on with, you know, it really does build that that important bridge. I think so, and I think as as leaders, we have to trust ourselves, um, yeah. you know, because if we don't trust ourselves and put ourselves out there in whatever fashion, whether it's yeah. social media or any other way that a leader chooses to put themselves out there, you actually have to be seen to be taking risks sometimes because organizations where the leader doesn't take risks are organizations that don't innovate and create new ways of thinking, right? So, yeah. you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there in some way or shape or form. Start small. Yeah, figure it out. I mean, there's some amazing social media leaders and there's some great leaders that aren't on social media. The two are, they are not mutually exclusive. Um, But where I think you get the benefit for them from the community lens is when you have somebody who's willing to engage in all kinds of different ways of having conversations. Exactly. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I do talk about social media and leadership being almost inextricably linked in as much as it it's it's an aid it's an aid for visibility you know it's almost you can walk the floor at scale um via social or via you know social technologies not necessarily just externally on external channels but internal social media uh, channels you know it with being able to connect and communicate with your employees in ways that, you know, particularly if you're a large organization and you've got offices all around the world, it's very difficult for that leader to be transparent and to be visible and indeed to be listening to what all of those employees are saying and to have conversations with them without technology. So they can work as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, as a, to a great benefit, really, to to assist as a, as an aid to to leaders, rather than um, rather than a you know something that's going to oh this is going to take a lot of time and you know if it's spun the other way it can be it can be very um, empowering. You know, it's funny because when you say that, I'm, I, I start thinking about uh, when I was in grad school, um, one of the, the management theories is the idea of managing by walking around, right? And, yes. And, and, and the idea that the leader um, is known to be a person, uh, you know what's going on in your organization and your staff, your people that yep. are working in your organization get to know you. Exactly. Twitter, it, Twitter is a way of doing that. Yeah. If you, if you use it right, um, it is it. 
like when I go around on the units in my hospital, I talk about things that are going on in my life. I ask them what's going on in their life. Social media is a way of doing that in a more um, open and um, magnified way, but it is the same conversation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. And so, um, so if you, I like to, you know, I, I ask you, a few questions about you, Janice, because obviously I, I'm following you on Twitter. Not everybody on the podcast is just yet, but I'm sure they will be after after listening and tuning in. But um, if you you talked about time, and if you if you knew at the beginning you'd have put a bit more time in, how much time do you practically spend? on social media is it become and I ask this question because I'm personally interested do you now separate what you do on social from the from the role as such or is it just part of the job it's part of the job for me yeah um and uh it part of part of the the job that I can do anywhere right so um one of the more difficult things for me is carving out the time where I'm not going to be on social so uh, I have three grandkids and uh one of them actually told me when I was hanging out with them I was answering some stuff on email and Ooh. I went on to my Twitter and my grand my grandson said uh, Emma you need to put down your phone so you know I think it's really good that I got that reminder um yes because I shouldn't be working when I'm with my grandkids. They, yeah. they, they find their way into my work, like you've seen on my feed. There's yes, pictures of them all yes. the time. Um, but I should not uh, cross that other line, which is working when I'm with them all the time. Yeah. There are times when something happens and I have to, and I should kind of move away from that. Um, but it is part of my job. Uh, it's very much part of my life, uh, Michelle, um, because my job and my life are inextricably linked. Yes. I, can't, I can't separate them yeah. anymore. Yeah. It, it just is what it is. Fantastic. So, so that's really inspiring, very informative. And uh, I think it's just packed with lots of practical advice and insights. So thank you so much. In the spirit of finding out a little bit more about you um, on my podcast, uh, you know, learn about the leader. I have these very quick fire questions that I'd love to just fire at you, Janice, just to, just to see where we go to it. It just gives people a little bit more insight. So if you could change one thing in the world, pretty big questions, these, but you know, let's go with it for a quick little podcast. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Poverty. No question. No question. No question. For me, um, what we do, uh, mental health and addictions, what we do in children and youth mental health and what we do in our community from the perspective of really trying to keep people healthy. Um, poverty uh, is one of the, the is the biggest issue in our community that's leading to all sorts of health outcomes that are really problematic. And frankly, we're a society where people shouldn't live in poverty. So for me, that's, that's the one. Wonderful. And on to books. So which book have you read recently that's inspired you? Um, I'm actually reading right now Brene Brown's Born to Lead. Um, ah. I've, I've opened it and uh, I've, I've dived in a couple times. I haven't been able to carve out the time to get further into it. Um, but that's the one that I'm looking forward to. A good friend of mine has just completed Michelle Obama's book and tells me that uh. I, need to, I need to read that. But uh, I only have so much time for, um, for reading. And yep. uh, so I, I really need to make sure it uh, is, is something that is going to add value. Um, when I go away on vacation, when I'm on my, my total Jan time, I, I read um, mystery novels, to be frank. And uh, I love whodunits. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and uh, those are the ones that I take away when I'm trying to just kind of turn off my brain. Switch off. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. And final, but not last but not least by any means, what's the best piece of advice you have been given to date? I think I've shared that already, but it yeah. really is about not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Um, no matter no matter what people say to you or about you, um, it will change. We're only as good as our last decision, whether people like it or don't like it when you're in a leadership role. So you have to have that inner sense of self and you have to know that what you're doing is the right thing to do. So one of the mantras in our organization we use all the time is if we aren't quite sure about something, we ask the question, is this the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And if it's the right thing to do, have the confidence to do it. Yeah, I love that. It's just about using great judgment, isn't it? And, and again, bringing it back yeah. to that trust. Perfect. So thank you so much, Janice. I've really enjoyed chatting to you on the podcast. Thank you so much. How do um, our listeners find out more about the work that you're doing? How do they follow you? Um, our organization is uh, Hotel Du Grace Healthcare, and you can find us at hdgh.org. That's hdgh.org. And uh, that uh, will link you to our Facebook page and all of our social platforms. For me personally, um, it's uh, K A F F E R, that's Kaffer, Kaffer, J Kaffer. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. And uh, for the uh, record, I need 15, no, 19 more followers to get to 1500, which is a fairly big uh, wow. milestone for, for little old me. Um, but uh, I enjoy uh, talking to new folks. So if, if people decide to follow me, then I'd love for them to um, kind of send me a little message and let me know what they're thinking about this podcast and why they followed me. And I like to get into conversations with people. So uh, Twitter is the best way to do that with me. But I also have an email at uh, janice.kaffer at hdgh.org. And I'm happy to talk to anyone else as well. Fantastic. So Janice, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and I very much look forward to sharing the podcast and, uh, and, and finding out what people think. Thank you so much, Michelle. I've had a wonderful chat with you too and I really enjoyed, uh, I, I enjoyed the conversation and got me thinking about a couple of things. So I might actually do a little, uh, a little social media thing later on tomorrow on, uh, on our conversation. So we'll see where, where my brain takes me today. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast. Thank you to my guest and indeed thank you to you for tuning in. Please do feel free to share the podcast with colleagues and friends who you think will enjoy it and indeed subscribe to tune in for more episodes. You'll find the podcast on all the usual platforms and all episodes are also on our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You'll also find some really useful digital and social resources on that site too. So be sure to check those out. So for now, from me, Michelle Carville, your host on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, P.S. If you're a business leader with something to share around digital and social technologies and you're keen to be a guest on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, michelle at carvelcreative.co.uk.